0: Hello, collective listeners. On today's episode of the Sampson Strength Coach Collective, we have Alex Cost. Uh, He is with the Delaware Bluecoats, the G League organization for the Philadelphia 76ers. I I really love this episode. I mean, for me, selfishly, right, as a basketball guy, to speak to high-level basketball strength coaches, it's really nice because uh, I get to just absorb all the knowledge. But, I mean, his – Discussion and and what we talked about, I think, really would benefit all strength coaches. Um, And he's just such a a humble guy. You could tell immediately from the start. I really enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I immediately told him after we finished the podcast, we have to connect in the future because he can teach a lot. um, And he seems like just a really cool dude. So uh, I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. And as always, thank you for listening. What's going on collective listeners on today's episode of the Samson Strain Coach Collective. We have Alex Cost. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Connor. I'm excited to be be here
0: absolutely hey this is this, uh, selfishly this is a little bit more of a podcast for me and i'm gonna try to keep it off of just basketball specific uh training because obviously i'm a basketball strength coach so i, I could really dive in way too deep uh, but i'll try to keep it more generic for the listeners and, and not be too selfish but uh uh first of all can you kind of take us through your background in strength and conditioning um you know what got you into strength and conditioning what's your journey's been like and then uh what uh you're currently doing now
1: yeah yeah of course so Unlike any other strength coach, I grew up playing sports. Um, I, <laughs> I, I played football, baseball, and basketball in high school. And as I'm sure you've heard before, you know the, the the dream dies of of playing at the next level. So you try to figure out how you can get in. Um, oh yeah. And like be a part of a team, right? And, and and you don't necessarily want to do like business or like finance or anything like that. And you know, I love being in the weight room, love playing sports, so learned about this thing called strength conditioning. I graduated high school in about uh, 2011, and we had a strength coach who was working with the Raiders. They worked with our football team, and we were sorry for, like, decades. Like, we would, I think, in a one-decade span, our football team won a total of, like, eight games. Like, we would, like, wow. go winless every year. We brought him in for a summer, and we ended up going, I think it was, we went, like, eight and four and won a playoff game, and it was like we won the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh, so this is, like, actually something that can change like teams and like athletes and stuff. And that's what got me really interested. Our high school was actually, we were lucky enough to have a sports med program. So we were able to have like anatomy and like rehab kind of stuff. And we actually had student uh, athletic trainers who worked with our football team, taped us and do all that stuff. So I was lucky to be exposed to it and just like the human body and anatomy at a young age. So pick that ran with it went to junior college to kind of make some money transferred down to san diego state and then when i was there for our capstone we had to do an internship so i reached out to everybody in the strength conditioning department wasn't able to get one like through the sdsu strength conditioning department but i knew the head basketball coach or the head strength coach for the basketball team so he was like yeah come in and you can just work with me so i lucked out with that because that was the one team i wanted to work with um and was under him, his name's Randy Shelton. Uh, So I was, I I did my internship, absolutely loved it. So I just came back, went to grad school at San Diego State for a dual masters in exercise physiology and nutrition, just kept volunteering and being around the team and getting to know the guys and fell in love with it. COVID hit and I'm sure as you know, like skeleton staff was a thing. So um, I ended up getting let go, but I'd worked my way up to an assistant role. So I had a little bit of some on my resume I interned at a gym in San Diego called Fitness Quest Ten under a guy named Todd Durkin. Um, if you're into football strength and conditioning, a lot of people know him because he works with Drew Brees. He worked with LT, um, so he would have like the Saints guys come out. That was a cool experience for me as well. And uh, went like the private route for a little bit just to try to make money and like get my hands on guys. So during COVID, they were between strength coaches. I would just talk to the players and say, "Hey, like." I'm just going to buy equipment and like let's just go to parks or parking lots or like let's just like get some work in cuz you guys can't go in the weight room. You don't even have a strength coach here and like you're not like there's going to be a season, so we need to do something. So I ended up getting probably like 6 to 8 guys. We ended up finding like one gym that we could keep going back to. It's kind of like an outdoor gym at an apartment complex that one of the guys lived in. They were super cool, but I got basically a whole summer to be a pseudo head strength coach for the basketball team, which was really cool for me. And then like fast forward a year, I had gotten private clients. I was doing the thing kind of just trying to network. I'd created an IG. I've never been a social media guy, but I got so bored during COVID. I was like, if I'm going to learn, I might as well just try to post it. Cause it's, you know, if you teach stuff, it helps you learn more. And then absolutely it just like, through networking on IG, I linked up with our head strength coach here at uh, the Sixers. And through the APC course, I got a lot of um, friends in the field and networked really well. That's Applied Performance Coach with Ramsey Nijem I learned about a guy who going to take the Delaware Blue Bluecoats job. He turned it down to stay where he, he was going to be at. And I reached out to the head strength coach and was like, hey, I heard this position is still open. He said, send me your resume. This is all through IGDM and then he's like <laughs> that's classic and he's like yeah okay bet interview so i interviewed a couple times and then was out here like, like three weeks later it was crazy
0: wow that's incredible <laughs> oh my that's like okay first of all that goes to show like absolutely send the dm because i feel like a lot right. of the, uh younger strength coaches i talk to are always like well i don't want to bother him you know like nothing really happens through dms i mean you've got a whole job through dms
1: yeah straight up and it's like you have to understand how to do it in a sense. Right. Like you don't want to just pester people, but reaching out and introducing yourself and saying, you know, Hey, I'm young in the game. And like, I'd really like to learn how I could get to, you know, the higher levels, like a a power five school or a D one school or the G league or the NBA. And most guys will give you the time of day to at least have a phone call, whether it's five to 10 minutes, just to get to know you. Right. And then they can kind of recommend you for stuff that they know. But like, if you're constantly in the same person's DMS, like asking for help, asking for asking for advice, that's going to turn them off. But if you know, check in once every few months or like once every six months, just like, and, and the thing that I do is you always start off with, Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> like, you don't just ask for something. <laughs>
0: yep. yep.
1: <laughs> right. And, and, and that's kind of like, it, it's hard with strength coaches because you have to put so many hours in, in the trenches and like so many unpaid hours that you get super hungry and you just want to know where the opportunities are, but you still have to stay humble in a sense of like, these guys who were here did it too. So not like, I hate the earn your stripes thing, but you have to understand just kind of where the industry is as a whole and kind of how you need to go about asking and figuring out where these positions are available.
0: Well, you know, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm half and half on the earn your stripes piece too, you know, because I I had some rough internships. I had some experiences that were subpar, if you could say, uh, you know, but I mean, at the same time too, though, like to me, it's, if it's a quality internship, you still have to, or, or quality work, like you've, you've undergone, like it, it. you still have to make your mistakes and that's how you learn the most. Right. And you still have to put the time in and exactly what like you said, all those guys have put the time in as well too. So and I, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. But I mean, that's I, first First of all, I will, we will put that disclaimer out there. Do not inundate Alex with DMS. Okay. <laughs> and don't ask him, Hey, how are you every single day? All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, I try to get back know, to everybody.
1: Right. Cause like in this industry, my, my one motto for our industry is just pay it forward. Right. Like, everybody wants to be where you are so like I try to pay it forward as much as I can I try to help people out I'll talk to people I'll like FaceTime people I help people with their CSCS if they want help and and just like kind of every aspect of it but it has to be like when I can do it like I mean even you and I like we're in the industry and like how long did it take us to even schedule this this podcast oh yeah it's like two and a half three weeks like it's just (laughs) you can't like just make it happen because stuff happens a guy can't lift today so he's got to lift during this other time when you scheduled it to be with somebody else or you know like there's a team meeting or a random event that you got to go to or like people have families and like maybe it's something yep. with family happened you know so it's like the the fine line between persistency and like you said like inundation
0: oh yeah no, and I mean you were correct too. I even told you, "Hey, I'm going to be on a little bit late because our women's group is running late today." You know, yeah, mean, that's right. The, the nature of the job for sure. And I was um, like, "Oh, okay." Well.
1: I'm about to go hoop for one more game. <laughs> he just, that's
0: why. That's why I tried to send the text out because for the listeners, he told me he was playing basketball beforehand. I was like, "All right, let me see if I can get this out so he can get one more run in before uh, he's got to hop off." So there you go. There uh, you to, go. To touch on that very briefly, uh, because I do think when I, I was thinking about it, when we talked about it. What what type of player are you when you play bas- basketball?
1: I'm a poor, poor man's Clay Thompson. I'm strictly a three and D guy. I'll get buckets, but I I will dribble less than ten times. And like I'm not good. I have zero handles. I get picked all the time. But I like I I like to try on defense, but I also get lazy. I mean, who doesn't and pick up? Like, yep. <laughs> sometimes I'll just sit in the corner and just call for the ball.
0: <laughs> so uh, the reason I bring this up is because, I, I mean, I texted you. We, I obviously knew the answer to that question, but I texted you, and I was like, yeah, I'm a rebound, pass, and foul guy. Like that's that's 100 my style uh, all effort I know as soon as I shoot and I miss I'm getting pulled immediately yeah. so it's all gonna be effort holy and just from looking at your Instagram and your in your body of work what always cracks me up is I feel like with basketball strength coaches specifically is the guys who foul and the guys who are the hustle guys are the ones who are more of like the old school less technology kind of group right. and the guys who are the 3 and d and who I think are the smarter ones because again they just get to shoot and they get to <laughs> they get to have fun <laughs> while playing instead of go, going completely out of breath or more of the science-based technology kind of guys i don't know i don't know if you've seen the trend but i've definitely noticed it
1: i mean i didn't have a on or any gps tracker on me but that'd be interesting to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'd be running 40 miles per game yeah a right, no right. lot a lot
1: of high intensity xls g cells for you <laughs>
0: yeah, and with my, my current body weight, high intensity. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I one thing I, that you brought up that I really do love is the is the paying it forward aspect because I do feel like being on the other side of it now, when I'm not the person reaching out, when I'm the person responding, it, it can get tough because again, you do get inundated with things, stuff pops up, like you said, you know. But we were even talking about Stephen Brindle another strength coach um, within the NBA organizations, like he was somebody who was pivotal in me getting my internship with the Jets. And then the Jets led to uh, University of Tennessee and it all rolled from there. Um, and that was somebody who I didn't work directly with his teams really. I kind of would help out with basketball every once in a while. Um, I was really more with Christy Bartlett at the time, but mm-hmm. that's somebody who, you know, I think saw that I was willing to put in the work and helped me out. And so to me, he's always one of those people who I'm like, I do need to pay it forward because of people I've had helped me such as Steven, you know? So I, th- I think that piece is just so important to strength and conditioning. It's a whole.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it also just goes to show like when you're doing an internship, it's not just about like the X's and O's, right? Like you're like, you'll learn how to program, you'll learn how to coach, you'll learn how to like do stuff in the trenches. But at the same time, if you're not developing a relationship with either your superior or your athletes, right? Like if you just come in to get your work done and leave, then that's not somebody I'm going to be like, yeah, this is who I think you should hire because I don't even really know who they are, right? Like, I'm not saying you got to go out and hang out with them after work every day because we know you have to put in long hours. But at the same time, like it's something I always do with my athletes is like, hey, what would you do if you aren't a basketball player? Or what would you do if you didn't do this? Right. Like try to get to know them a little bit. And it just helps develop a little bit of trust. And it shows that you're not a robot. Right. Like you're not just here to write programs and do it for either like clout or like nobody does this for money because (laughs) – (laughs) We all know that this isn't the highest paying profession, but there are a lot of really, really cool perks that come with it in a sense. Um, But yeah, like when you're doing an internship, there's it's multifactorial, right? Like it's not just programming. It's not just research. It's not just coaching. And I think people get hyper focused on those things that they forget that the people who they're interning for are the ones who are going to be recommending them for other jobs
0: absolutely and you know it just it hits home to me because i've had some interns in the past who you know one of them literally just texted me a couple minutes ago uh you know but and he was on the podcast before like i see him now as a ga like you now like you know it's almost like my hands on the glass like you know like looking right. like oh man i miss you you know like yeah. but because they developed that relationship but they also did with the athletes as well too and it was an internship but became an assistant strength coach really at the end of the day you know so i mean yeah. that's when you know whoever called me i was like look i'll put my career on the line for this this guy because i know that he would do a fantastic job and i mean that's what takes it to that next level every single time
1: yeah exactly and like that's kind of what i did at san diego state like it started out as an internship and he straight up told me he's like look you'll be a fly on the wall like you know classic stuff clean weights re-rack set up do all this kind of stuff Like. But then I just kept coming back after it ended because I was like, "Look, I love this. Like, I love basketball." And eventually, I started got started to get to work with freshmen. I started to get to work with the underclassmen. I got to work with rotational players, and like this is all over the course of like three years. But then some of the guys that I worked with end up going to the league, and then now I can talk to them. And the Sixers actually traded for one of them last year, and he came back to the facility. And he's like no way i'm like i guess we're here and it's like That's it was awesome. just a cool for, full circle moment for me but it's just it's like you have to love it at the same time but i developed trust with randy and the person who was my boss and so he was like hey like i'll give you a little bit more on your plate and it's not like oh your internship is october to march and then you're just done with it right like i mean yep you can go do that if you want. Like some people in my cohort went to like stretch lab and they're like, all I did was clean weights and wipe down yoga mats. And like, I never even stretched any of the client. I mean, it's a stretch lab, but like, okay, well, did you get anything out of it? Right. Like you also have to make sure that what you're doing is something that you're going to actually benefit from. Cause it could turn you like off of the whole profession, right? Like oh, yeah. if you do something like that and you're like, well, I don't want to do this. And then you're wondering like, why did I even get this bachelor's? Like, I don't want to be a personal trainer. Or like, I don't want to go down this because it's it it gets to be a little dicey sometimes because positions are so few and far between that you have to seek out and know what you're getting yourself into.
0: That's the scary piece for sure. I mean, and I, I remember one of my specific internships, I was like, all right, like, I'm, I'm going to give it one more, like, just to make sure. But if, like, if this is who I'm going to become, like, I don't want to do this. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. because it was, it was very similar setup like you were talking about. And I mean, it's a, and it, it does get scary because it's like almost it's the same thing on the coaching side, right? If you're a basketball coach, it's, you know, I mean, your options are basketball, collegiate basketball coach, professional basketball coach, or or you know, teach English in, in high right. school basketball coach. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's very small, you know, so I think it's scary. Um, and I think that's really important for both people, both parties involved is understand, one, you can make or break somebody's love for the field. And then, two, uh, as an intern, you know, like you, you have to make sure you get the most out of the experience and, and uh, stick with it and, and try to go to places that are going to develop you as well, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I kind of said better.
0: So, okay. So something you mentioned in your intro that I was really interested in, um, as you said, you have a dual masters in exercise physiology and nutrition. Correct. Is that correct? Okay. Excellent. So I I mean, nutrition to me is the number one game changer. I Mm. mean, I don't, you know, how I always organize it is you have to breathe and eat to live and lifting weights is way at the bottom of that category, you know? Mm. So uh, how has that helped you throughout your career, getting that masters in nutrition?
1: Yeah, so working in collegiate and even like in the G League NBA setting, I kind of tell guys like with the hierarchy in terms of recovery or even like getting your body right, like we have a pyramid. Well, let's say we're in the collegiate setting. So this is what I say. If you have tests and homework assignments that make up 80% of your grade in a class, right, like a normal college class, let's consider that nutrition and sleep. So all the extra credit, the one group project that's maybe going to be, like, 15% of your grade, like, if we can consider that, like, ice baths, foam rolling, Theragun, compression, whatever, like, if you don't hit your two main blocks, you're still going to fail this class. So yeah. if you're not sleeping right and if you're not getting the right nutrition and you're, like, you're going to fail. Your body's going to fail. You're going to fail the class. You're going to take it over again. You're not going to get to where you want to go. So it helps me a lot to – to kind of tell these guys. And when I'm first with somebody, I'll say, Hey, mess around with it. Don't eat before practice. Like you normally do and tell me how you feel after, and then maybe go and eat something before practice and then tell me how you feel. And like, for me, it's kind of how I coach too. Like I'll let an athlete do a movement when I don't really know them to see how they move and see how they self-organize before I start to cue them, because I want them to actually understand like what the difference is right? And like, this is right. And this is wrong. And with nutrition, it helps a lot because once they start seeing the number on the scale, go up or down, right. Body fat percentage, go up or down. They feel cut, right? Like a a lot of college coaches like post their guys, right? Like this was June, this is August, like going into the season, like when they can visualize that and see it in a mirror, then they're like, Oh, so this is like what we're talking about, right? Like this isn't just the difference between eating pizza instead of like a salad, right? Like it's not a one meal thing, but this is like over the course of a semester if you if you like talk about it like with the grades, right, in a class. And to me, some guys really care. And I'm like, okay, well now we can go down like different metabolism pathways and I can tell you like these are some theories that are out there like fuel for the work required or like glycogen threshold theories in the muscle where like you don't have to always carb load, right? If you if you're somebody that doesn't play in games you probably don't have to carb load before a game right and if you're somebody that does then maybe you should okay well that was too much i felt like shit, coach i don't want to do that again okay well maybe we just taper it back a little bit and we can find where like your sweet spot is because everybody's different you know like I, i i talk to them and i'll say hey what did you eat growing up as a kid and somebody will tell me hey what did you eat growing up as a kid and they'll tell me and i said they're totally different i said do you think that you two were going to metabolize food the same way and utilize this energy the same way probably not right so maybe we should have a little bit of a different diet and it is hard to individualize it obviously like i'm not a dietitian and in certain states i could make recommendations but i can't yeah i can't um <laughs> prescribe a diet right but i think just getting them to start thinking about it that way just helps a lot more because then they can feel it and a lot of athletes won't change anything until they feel it or until they see it in a mirror and so yeah i think it helps me a lot because i can make recommendations i can talk to them and then we can kind of go a little bit deeper if we need to but then also i can say hey this is why i want you to drink this smoothie and i've had a guy in the g league he says i only chicken fingers, French fries and mac and cheese. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you're in the G League. So like, maybe that's why because you were a good college player, like, maybe we need to do something about this. And I convinced him to start drinking smoothies, just post practice smoothies, like I would make them for everybody on the team. I said, Hey, do you and full disclosure, I ask every athlete if they have allergies before. And so obviously, I, I yeah. modify smoothies. But I asked him, Do you like spinach? And he said, No, I hate spinach. I said, well, you've eaten probably like 10 pounds of spinach this year because I put them in every single (laughs) one of your smoothies. And then he left. So he won a G League Showcase MVP, got a 10-day contract. He was like, okay, this is obviously working. He got out of the G, was in Mexico for a year, came back. I think he might even be with us. And he DMs me and says, Coach Koss, I've been drinking that smoothie every single day. And I think it's one of the wow. reasons that I'm still, like, playing basketball and, like, in it and, like, the mobility stuff that we were doing because you, like, actually talked to me as a person and not just, like, another athlete and gave up. Like, I think that's one of the reasons. So it's, it's just little stuff like that. Like, it shows that you care about them on a personal level, whether you can individualize their nutrition or not, but the fact that you can talk to them about it just opens up different avenues of conversation or different types of conversation that you could have to the point where they might text you randomly and say, Hey, I'm at this restaurant. What should I get? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, Hey, like now we're taking steps in the right direction. Cause you're just conscious of it, right? Like you might the still face- get chicken tenders and fries, but like at least you are thinking about it.
0: The the Facetimes is is for me. It's like the Facetime, right? And you know, like and they're not even like at their actual face. It's just yeah. them pointing at a freezer section. They're like, "What should I get?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "All right,
1: right, yeah. exactly." Hey, but I'd rather you do that than not. So exactly, like, yeah. And, and I think that shows a lot about like trust and buying in you as a coach, right? Because now it's like a personal thing. It's not like they are utilizing you as a resource, but they care enough to at least Facetime you or call you instead no. of just text.
0: Yeah. You you know, it's so interesting, the approach that you took and to say, hey, like, you know, it's like almost like uh, not to compare athletes to kids. Right. But like if you know something's going to be moderately hot, you're like, yeah, go touch it, you know, see how it feels, you know, Uh, and to say like, hey, don't eat before this practice and see how it feels like I've really never heard of that approach before. You know, my typical approach is. I mean, I guess it'd be a little bit more authoritarian. I guess you could say, right, you know, it's more on the end of if you have somebody who you want to lean out a little bit. It's like, just get there first, see how you feel. And if you really don't feel good, we can modify from there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you and I both know that typically if they get to that goal space, like they, they're in a good spot and they feel better. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you were right. But I, I've never heard that approach before. I mean, it, how did you kind of start to develop that? I mean, first of all, the first thing I would ask a guy when it comes to nutrition,
1: body composition, I say, hey, what do you like playing at? yeah hey when i was in high school i liked playing this oh but i went to college i think i lifted too much i got too much weight i lost a step or something like this i'll say okay well hey this is why i think you should actually play it this way because let's just say you're a bigger guard right like we need you to switch on fives or like four or fives like you're a taller bigger guard we're gonna need you on the block we need you to like be a hard-nosed defender and also and i'm gonna be blunt you can't really shoot so like you attack the rim a lot, right? Like a lot of your game is played inside the paint. So if you're just going to lose weight just to look cut, then you're going to get thrown around. So this is why I think you should do it. And then we can kind of get into a range of like maybe three to five pounds and like a one to 2% body fat range where we can really hone in on like, okay, this is really where I feel strong, but fast, right? This is where I feel strong and bulky and I'm and I'm a step behind. Or like, if you really want to change your game over the summer, right? Like maybe we cut and you just focus on things that aren't, haven't been your game in the past. So I, again, like I like to ask them, what do you like to play out? Cause most guys, when they get to me, they've played in high school, they've played at least a year or two or college. So they have an idea of what weight they kind of are the best at or the bounciest at. And then from there, I'll try to kind of find a range. Of, of where they are because I've had some guys who haven't played they've gained like 20 pounds in the season and oh yeah it, it's not like oh he's just fat now it's like we just lift a lot and you don't play that much and so he's like coach I'm way too big and I'm like all right step on the scale I'm like yeah you yeah so <laughs> yeah, let's stop yeah. like like let's start running and jumping and like being more basketball players and it, it's it's always a give and a take and I think By asking them, you're giving them a sense of autonomy over their own training. And like, that's what I really like to do, because I think it gives athletes a lot more buy-in to your program, because it's not just you telling them, here's your A block, here's your B block, here's your C block, right? Go do this on the treadmill, go do this cardio. And it really like, they're like, oh, well, I actually have a say in a sense of like what I'm eating or what I'm doing, or kind of even the workout that I'm going to do. So mentally i can get there a little bit easier because i feel like i'm controlling it
0: yeah no i mean it's not even something that you feel like it's proven by research i right. mean you know seriously i don't know uh, you hit on a, a very very uh Topic is uh, very close to my heart, right? Because my master's in sports psych. So uh, autonomy is one of the biggest things that we learned about in self-determination theory and how to apply that within the weight room. I mean, you know, they the research on it is incredible because it shows like, okay, even this was on novice putters, right? People who have never putted before. Uh, they got to uh, only choose the color of their golf ball and so that was that was it the people who got to choose the color of their golf ball did better at learning how to putt than those who didn't and then they took they took it a step further and they had it, okay you don't get to choose the color of your golf ball anymore but you're going to sit in the waiting room and then some people get to choose what painting they're going to look at in the waiting room and some people uh just get to look at whatever paintings there the people who got to choose what painting they looked at in the waiting yeah. room did better and learning how to putt because it is seriously at college athletics and i mean in athletics in general is such a controlled environment for these athletes so that as soon as they get any type of say and any type of uh, autonomy like you're saying they're going to buy in so much more and the research shows time and time again that they're really going to be invested in the program and it doesn't have to be crazy like you can you can let them choose small things that make a massive difference
1: yeah and like sometimes i'll just say like hey how do we feel today right and if everybody's like, yeah. oh, I feel like crap, I'll say, OK, well, then we'll, let's just do regeneration day. I was, and like yep. maybe we were going to do that anyway, because I knew that they were going to feel like crap. But <laughs> even like them, like having like being able to say it first and I'll be like, oh, well, we were going to yep. go heavy today. But, you know, like actually let's just like we'll foam roll. We'll do some like bandit mobility and like we'll do some motion as lotion type stuff. And it's like, all right, good. Well, now I haven't bought into this a little bit more. But again, yeah. like it's it's on a daily basis. How do you feel? right? Yeah, yeah, And it's a, a little question that goes a long way because I feel like, and I don't know if you can attest to this, but coming out of college it's like, I am an elite programmer. I know how to periodize. <laughs> like, I, I know how to periodize. <laughs> I know how to program. And like I have an annual plan written out and we're going to have superhuman athletes because of this. Yep. But you don't account yep. for everything else, right? And it's like, it looks so pretty in this Excel doc or bridge or team builder, whatever you're using. And then when the day comes and you want to and you do want to lift heavier you do want to have like a harder day and they don't want to you're like oh well we didn't get better today like oh man like i I couldn't do this but i think that being in the industry is something that like just uh, adaptability but also like knowing how to phrase stuff and work with your athletes so that you're still creating buy-in and being like okay well now we can pivot we can shift these two days or swap these weeks or whatever it is based on what's going on in the season or their life or school or home or, or whatever.
0: Yep. That's quite literally, I mean, uh, every basketball, collegiate basketball strength coach right now just hit their 20 hours. And, I mean, we are, you know, like it's week week one and a half of practice. Mm-hmm. Everybody's exhausted, you know, like, and, and this is literally exactly what I did today. Like we had uh, a shorter lift already planned, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take care of you guys here in to the lift today. Give me good effort for this short amount of time, you know, and then, and then they rolled right through, and they're like, oh, thanks, man. They, 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 they say all the time, that's love. That's yeah, love. right, <laughs> You exactly. know, and I'm like, oh, like, hey, it was, it was already planned, all right. Yeah. So, but you're 100% correct because if you do phrase in a way that, that you know, you mentioned, Hey, I I care about you. I I understand. I hear you. I'm listening to you Uh, and we can give and take, you know, it doesn't, it it doesn't mean if you don't love lifting, we're not going to lift every single day, but I can, I can meet you in the middle on certain days. You know how to kind of go with that process. My favorite trick is to give them a weight range, like 30 yeah. to 40 pounds and like what's the massive difference really going to be in that weight range right. all of a sudden they're like yeah i'll, I'll go 35 you know i'm like hey, hey, that's yeah hey it's pretty good there <laughs> You know, and that, they usually kind of right. give them that autonomy piece too yeah
1: no 100 percent. and like that wh- one thing that i think helps me with that is i tell everybody at the beginning of the year i'm like hey like this is one of the standards here with us and now that we've had success it kind of just backs it up i can be like hey like we're game yeah. lifting like it's just something that we do because we play 50 games in like a, you know, like a three and a half month range. And it's pretty much one of our only times to load you guys, but I will work with you guys. Cause basically when we get in season, we're either post-game lifting or we're doing, you know, like some Viper work that's lighter, some med ball work to be explosive or like some running and jumping. So we don't really touch that much weight outside of those lifts, but just because yeah. they have that mindset, it's, I think a little bit easier for them to also know like, okay, well we know we're going to lift on these days. And then sometimes if, you know, if we're on a win streak, I'll be like, Hey, like no post game lift today. And like, yeah, they'll be yeah. so hyped. Like, I get, like, get a, like it'll be a Friday night. I'll be like, all right. You like <laughs> you guys are good. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, seriously, I think that's a massive part to the success. Like you're saying, you know, I mean, it's, and especially with looking at the differences between a professional and collegiate level versus high school level, like the frequency and the amount of times that you have to play is Drastically different, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 so for you to fit that training time in, obviously you have to set that standard. But once that standard is set, and everybody else is bought in, they come in, and it's like, all right, well, I'm not getting out of this. You know, there's no like magic words I can say that all of a sudden I'm not post game lifting anymore. You know, they just buy in, they fall in, and everything usually works itself out. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, you know, that was another kind of question I had as well too. Is you have experience at the pro level, you have experience at the college level, you have experience at the private level. Like what What has been the difference between those? You know, I guess what's your favorite one you've worked with as well too? Uh, you know, I'm kind of just curious about the parallels between those three levels that you've been at.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I think, let's see, the, like the biggest difference I would say is motivation, like private. It's mm-hmm. like people it's, it's a weird, like enigma in in the private sector where people pay you, but then feel like they have to come do it. And like that actually, like James Clear writes about it in Atomic Habits, right? Like if you want to get in shape, like pay somebody. And then every time you don't go, you're losing money. So now it's like, well, that's just a motivation factor, but it's harder to get people to be motivated. You're also with them for less time because it's like, all right, maybe you want to come in three to four times a week. Like, well, I don't know what you're doing the other hundred plus hours of the week. And so if you're not hitting your goals, like, yeah, I could make you sweat, right? Like I can work on a hip, a shoulder, like I can make you feel better, but it's like really ingraining like discipline and consistency and all that stuff, which is like something every, like all people struggle with it at times, but the, the aspect of like working with certain clients over like a year to two years and it's like, look, I, I, we have to change something because like nothing is going on. And it's like some people just like it for the community aspect. Right. Or like they just like to get the sweat to balance out the other aspects of their life. And that's fine. Um, at the college level, like the motivation is higher, but then there's also politics and there's class and it's a little bit more militant in a sense. And you have the guys who are like, they're gym rats. They always want to be in the gym. They don't know how to take days off. They don't know how to rest. And then you have guys who are like, I'm on the basketball team. Like this is the coolest thing in the world. And like, they don't <laughs> know how to get motivated or do stuff. Right. And then at the pro level, specifically the G league level, like motivation is usually pretty high. Cause it's like, you can taste it. Like it's right there. Yeah. Like if you get a 10 day contract with an NBA team, you might get paid like 150 K for 10 days. And like, yeah, it's not a mill, but like that's, a good yearly salary nice. for 10 days. You're probably <laughs> yeah. not going to risk injury. You might not see the court, which is fine, but like you could also work to get an NBA contract. When my, my first year in the G we had the most 10 days. We had like four guys get two way contracts. And then we had a couple guys even sign NBA contracts. And it's like wow. people seeing that and the motivation's like, Oh, like i like, I'm there. Like, here we go. Like, and being in the G it's, it's great. It's NBA, but it's not super glorious. Like we fly commercial, like a lot of colleges. We like, I bet a lot of power five schools have way more glorious facilities, travel better, stay in better places, have better equipment. Like the G league is the Gatorade league, but it's also kind of a running joke. If you work in it, like it's called the grind league, like for everybody involved because everybody wants to get to the next level. So it's not even like the players are motivated. Like I want to be an NBA strength coach someday. Like our coaches want to work in the NBA. Our player dev guys want to work in the NBA. Like our, our director of basketball operations wants to work in the nba our trainers our pete right like so everybody is kind of like bought in they want to win they want to show that they're ready to go take the next step and so i would say because of that like you can have a little bit not like more structure but like you can do a little bit more at the g-league level because you don't have classes right like these guys are usually away from their families too so they're free and they want, they're down to do whatever. I can have extra mobility sessions. I can have lifts. We can come back for shooting. Like we can do all that kind of stuff. Whereas in college it's a grind, right? Like when finals roll around and like all that stuff comes through and like you get to go home for the holidays and then you come back and you're like, ah, like (laughs) that was nice. Like, (laughs) yep. yep. and like, I mean, the same thing kind of happens around all-star break, but to be honest, I would say like, that's probably, the biggest difference that i've found personally and it's like i guess i would say the biggest difference if i'm just comparing college and the g league is like in college you can actually like make guys different like you can turn <laughs> like guys or girls into different athletes or different people yeah. because you can have them for so much longer like usually the attention to detail in college can be a little bit more in a sense, because you can have these more like militant type workouts where everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's bought in everybody. Like you can do Nordic hamstring curls because you have enough athletes to like hold ankles or like sometimes in the G it's it's just me running a session. Like I don't have an assistant strength coach. I don't have an intern. Like some organizations don't even allow volunteers. So I have to go around and like check form, but also like, kind of change weights and like do all this yeah. different stuff in a weight room. I have, I might have guys on the court doing court work or like med ball type stuff on the court. So I can't really have super high attention to detail during my main lifts where I'm going to have maybe six to 12 guys where it's just me, but I can have somebody come in after practice to do specific work with them. I can meet somebody on the road cause there's not much to do and I can do specific work with them. Whereas in college, usually guys, I mean, everybody now just plays video games like they bring their system yeah. on the road and it's just wild to me like the first i was like you guys bring I, your playstations and xboxes to like all right go for a walk i mean like i'm, I'm in the same camp doing? i've
0: never i i saw the first time i saw somebody bring a ps5 with them i was like what in the world are we doing no yeah i, I agree
1: <laughs> no exactly but i mean like i would say that's probably the biggest aspect because and, and it's almost like a not like a running joke but at the nba level like you have three to four strength coaches on a staff who are like only there and they only have like three to four players. So you can get extremely individualized. You can get extremely specific, right? At the G League level, I can kind of try to bucket guys a little bit more like you can at the college level in a sense, but at college, you're generally lifting the full team at once or you might have like a squad before, a squad after practice, but there is a lot more frequency of like full team lifts in college. So motivation would be one, but then also like individualization, would be another one yeah. is it, it's a little bit tougher in the G league at the NBA level. You can do it a little more also just kind of access to technology. Um, certain colleges may have it at SCSU, We didn't have force plates. Um, we didn't have like tendos. Uh, I bought a flex stronger from gym aware and I brought that down to Delaware. I have another gym aware unit down there. I have force plates. Um, I can bring guys up to Philly and test them on like Kangatech, Delos, um what else do we have we have like alter g we have underwater treadmill i mean like it's an nba facility so we have a lot of stuff up here but it's also 45 minutes away so yeah. there's like it's like you have access but you don't and then when you're on the road in the g I mean, it's like you don't have much right you're traveling commercial you need your bag to be under 50 pounds so like what are your big ticket items with like one i one thing i love is a tidal tank or like a water bag, because then you can just empty out the water,
0: basically weightless, right, that's good, yeah, yeah,
1: and then you can fill it up to like 40 pounds if you want to, or I like to do more like 15 to 20, and use it for like perturbation, kind of like more like balance training, like pre-game and stuff, just to get like stabilizer muscles going, Um, but yeah, so it's a long-winded answer, like motivation is the biggest difference between the three, but then when you get to like college versus pro, like it's the varying levels of individualization that you can get, right? Like, can you work with a player one-on-one? Do you have to bucket a certain, like certain athletes, or do you work with certain like position groups at the same time?
0: Yeah. It's funny. It's funny you bring up the, the gym equipment availability i just i used to have a series on tiktok i do which was like uh, hotel gym reviews you know yeah. and i mean almost always they're awful yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it, and then one time we went to the hilton that uh in austin texas and i was like this is actually in full rack they had like the shred mill and everything i was like this is i, I could set up camp here i'll, I'll stay here forever so right <laughs> but yeah but then um, you're
1: like oh well, we can get some real work done and you're like oh well we have a game tomorrow so like i can't <laughs> <laughs> because these guys are just exactly. going to be sourced, but it's like, all right, maybe I could do, I don't know, like some lighter stuff just, that's like cool with the equipment. But like, it's like, oh, it's great, but I can't even really utilize it like that. It like,
0: doesn't even matter. Yeah. The guys
1: are going to be showered by the time we get back post game, so I'm not going to lift them at the hotel. Like nobody's going to want to do that. Yeah
0: that's what that's when i just find our walk-on who loves lifting and i'm like all right you want to do a little 10 by 10 action today? Right. <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> exactly yeah uh, you know what so what thought came to mind for me when you're talking about the collegiate levels i i do feel like from a professional standpoint it's harder to understand the scope of time that you have with that athlete as well too because on a collegiate level you know the transfer portal makes it a little more difficult but at the end of the day most of the most of the time I've got you for four years, you know? So if we do have a bad day, it doesn't, I feel like get to me that much because it's like, all right, we got time to develop, you know, like we can continue to work together. I, I, I don't, I don't know if you feel, the pressure of that knowing you have less time with that specific athlete because yes somebody may frustrate me today but you know what, we're gonna be back tomorrow and it's gonna gonna keep stacking days and and building upon this relationship and getting to know each other a little bit better whereas you know somebody may get traded somebody may get cut immediately you know do you feel a pressure with that short window
1: yeah i mean it's like you have to basically treat everybody the same but not because especially the g-league level it's like you have two-way guys you have guys on assignment and they're obviously higher priority guys, but you can't net, like, it's almost known, but not spoken about, right? Like when guys like that come yeah. down, they get more time in the training room. They get more table time. They get priority to un- to shooting times, you know? So it's like guys know, but you try not to make it so that there's a hierarchy I guess is what I would say. Um, yeah. but yeah, like there's also a lot more pressure from like a front office position of, Hey, we drafted this guy. And he, he's going to be on a two-way or he's going to be like our 14th, 15th guy on the roster. And we expect him to be ready to play at the NBA level in a year or two, right? Or we expect him to put on X amount of pounds because he looks small. And then it's like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, we, he's also playing 35 minutes and we have 50 games in like four months. And we don't get like breakfast and lunch and dinner cooked for us down at the G League level. The most, thing, the most that I can do is make a, like a uh, post-practice smoothie. And yep. I mean, like you could make it a thousand calories, but like guys are gonna turn that down yep. 10 out of 10 100%. times. They'd rather have something that tastes, and like I'd rather give somebody like a four to 500 calorie that has like 30 to 50 grams of protein because they'll actually drink it. And then yep. on the road, like you, you know, you got to cater at home, like we have catering. So it's not like they're not eating, but they don't have access to that kind of stuff And then again, it goes back to, it's almost like the private sector where it's like, all right, well, I'm with you. I can give you this one meal. We're sponsored by Gatorade, like every other G league team. And we have a million Gatorade protein bars and like all that kind of stuff. But that gets like, you're not eating those every single day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, So then that's kind of like where it's a push and pull. Like okay, well, if you want this guy to get bigger, like, can I cater more food? Because I don't know yep. what this guy's eating. I can make a recommendation and say, Hey, this is a meal prep guy that we've worked with the past two years, but if he doesn't want to do it, then like, what, what am I supposed to do? Right? Like I could have the best that. like relationship with him, but ultimately I'm, I, I can't put the food in his mouth, right? You can take a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Like I could even send the food to him and he might not even be eating it.
0: I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Hey, trust me, the the right? trash can for the shakes afterwards. I don't. Sometimes you don't want to look, no. <laughs> you know, because you're like, all right, I don't even want to know. Yeah, no, I mean, it got to I the mean, point but, last
1: year where I was straight up like, look, I'm not going to make these if you guys don't want them. And like, four or five guys didn't want them. I said, okay, I'm not going to make them for you guys anymore.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. if it's you randomly 100%. want one
1: day, just ask me. But I'm just we're throwing money away. And to me, like, I hate throwing food away just from like the philosophical, like, person aspect yeah. of that. Of like, people don't have access to this. And you're just getting it and throwing it away so like is there different fruit that i could get that you would like right like some guys like a more like tropical like peach mango strawberry where some guys like just the normal like triple berry costco blend and do so i've tried to individualize a little bit like do you like peanut butter do you not do you want vanilla or chocolate protein and like it makes my life suck because i have to make like four different batches (laughs) of smoothies but i'd rather do that than like You have these like half the team just turning down smoothies, you know?
0: You, I think you're just you're just bringing back my whole first year here at App. Like right. it's just you know, like I'm like, what do you mean you guys don't like chocolate smoothies? Like yeah. every single one of them's like, I hate chocolate protein powder. I'm Like what? You know, like this be the only kind of drink growing up, and, <laughs> right. and you're just cracking me up. You hit me on another personal level there, but I mean, but that goes back to the autonomy piece as well too, right? They, you know, they also are going to be more likely, even if it's not something that they love, right? But you find something that they like, and they know, mm. hey, Alex is still looking out for me. You know he really wants to make sure I'm getting something, so you know I can meet him here and drink this smoothie. You know it's a small thing, but those exactly. things add up like yep. endlessly. I mean, yeah, I'm right. Sure I mean, things stacks up. Like
1: if the if it's a 500 calorie smoothie, if you're having that, like look, probably not seven days a week, but let's say five days a week, that's what 2500 calories a week times four. That's an extra 10,000 calories a month. That's like three pounds. Let's so like. Yep that will add up over time. And like, I know you're burning a bunch of calories out there on the court, but think of how much more you're burning if you're not taking this. And so like sometimes doing simple math with these guys like that is also a big factor in nutrition, right? Like it's not this one smoothie. It's this one smoothie every day over the course of the season or five, whatever days we're together and have practice and I make them, you know,
0: it's a massive difference maker, you know, like we, uh, for our weight gain guys, what we do is apple juice with a little bit of cytocarb mixed in it too, you know, yeah. and that's, that's an extra two fifty at the end of the day, you know, uh, and I remember people were like, what, is, what does that even matter? You know, yeah. exactly like you said, if that stacks up, you know I mean? Like for us, it's a pound and a half, but I mean, if that's what ultimately I'm looking for you to gain an extra pound and a half, you know, cause I don't want you to put on bad weight. So, I mean, yeah. that, that helps us meet our goal right there. Exactly, Uh, And so, you know, one thing I am curious about, not even just from a nutrition piece, maybe uh, like mobility, uh, extra work kind of guys. Like what what's your approach for those guys who aren't necessarily bought in? Uh, You know, you really are kind of button heads with them. How do you approach that situation with uh, those players? So I'll go and like my biggest thing is I love the game. I love basketball. I'll watch film
1: and be like, this is what you're not good at. And this is why you're not good at it. And it may or may not be the reason they're not good at it. But I know for a fact that if you can't get into left hip internal rotation, you're not going to be able to jab left and come back out explosively because you can't even load your hip. So I can say, look, you always have trouble going left back to right. So this is something that is going to help you. And I can just loving the game and knowing how people move and how the game moves, I will create mobility drills that will get them and feel like we're doing something that's basketball oriented. Like I'm not just saying, Hey, let's just uh, statically stretch your groin. It could be a part of it, right? Like, Hey, maybe you just shortened on that side. So you can't really get into your left hip. Maybe that's part of our mobility program, but we had a player who kept falling down, like really amazing basketball player. He's on a two way somewhere else. Kept falling down. He's like a bigger guy. He'd get into the lane. He would always like get super low and fall down. I'm like, dude, we got to fix this. Like, you're on the other end of the spectrum. You are hyper mobile. You can access degrees of motion that not everybody else can. So what, like, how can we do this? Well, let's get you in these positions and let's work on balance. Let's put you in these in like deep hip flexion, deep hip internal rotation. And I'm just going to tell you to hold it. And I'm going to give you perturbations or I'm going to tell you to pulse or I'm going to give you water to mimic it. And some guys might be like, oh, well, hey, I'm, I'm, used to doing something on a suit ball i said do you have you ever seen a suit ball out on the court they have their place but if you look at basketball you're dealing with a lot of like hand checking shoulder checking like elbows like hips to hips so to me the greatest way to like train that mobility is to get perturbations and i like water because they have to control it and whenever they don't the water is going to go where they aren't right and so yeah. now they have to understand how to catch it or they have to understand how to move their move their feet move their uh ankles or like utilize their hips to control this specific athlete like in a deeper range of motion he's like oh i've never done this and i kid you not like we didn't track it but me and my at and the guy at the end of the year he's like i don't know what but like i wasn't falling down as much this year i'm like oh wow that's crazy it worked and then like (laughs) he was on e10 and he went and he signed a two-way I'm not being like, oh, I'm this crazy mobility guy who knows how to fix everything. But to me, if you can correlate it to what their game is like, it's going to help them immensely because, again, it's like that bind. It's that sense of autonomy. It's like, I'm not just going to give you this cookie-cutter program. Like, I'll go watch film on you and I'll tell you, hey, you have issues going like a right step back to the left, right? Like, you pull the shot a lot, but you're not creating a lot of separation. So... Why is that? Is because we don't have the dorsiflexion? Is it because again, we don't have hip internal rotation at the right side, or maybe you're better uh, going blow by's to the right versus the left. Okay. Well, is it the other thing? Can you push off your left big toe? Can you push off your right big toe? Do you have internal or do you have external rotation Are your glutes tight so that you can't even access that external rotation when you get there, like you have it, but you can't use it. And so I'll tell them, this is how we can work with you so that now when you press, you're still in that position, but now we're actually activating the musculature and we're getting explode, explosion out of the hip. And so yeah. by just understanding the game and being able to talk to the athlete about it, I think it helps so much because then they'll say again when they're on the court, oh man, I I never blowed by guys on the left and I was getting, I was getting to the rack on the left side today. It's like, okay, well, look, if we like this, it works. And I could not be making an appreciable like – Degree of motion difference, right? Like if you got out of goniometer, he might not have anymore. But also the fact that he feels it and his performance is yeah. going up is the biggest metric that there is out there, especially in the G League, where guys are like they need to perform in order to get called up, or else you might get cut.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's such an amazing way to look at it because I'll be 100 transparent if we had a guy who just kept falling down, I'd be like, yeah, a guy just falls down. I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. It yeah. sucks, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you made me a better coach now because now it's like, okay, let's actually look at the ways that we can help influence this. So, all right, now now's my time to be selfish. I, I, so I apologize to the listeners, but uh, hope, hopefully they can get something out of this too. Do you have some good resources for kind of that translational mobility, like, you know, things that you have seen or have helped you apply apply mobility to the court?
1: Yeah, so like one thing, I mean, I kind of look of like global local global so like first i'll see how the movement looks like somebody that i like using through this is i have used a lot of like pjf uh mr do it moving stuff like my, uh, mike Ivara. um and also like it's i i've created a lot of movements myself just because i think that that's what's going to help and then it's like okay well if it is a hip internal rotation thing if we do truly need to like learn how to activate it in the shortened or lengthened position okay well now maybe i'm going to look at static stretching now maybe i'm going to look at like banded mobility or even like i'll go frc and when we go on the roads basketball players hips are always tight like yep. they always are especially when we get off a of flight so i always host an optional mobility session they've become somewhat of a thing in delaware but they're in the treatment room and i'm in there for like 30 minutes we just go pails and rails passive range holds passive range liftoffs hovers and i get these guys to really fire their hip internal, external rotators, depending if that's what they need. If it's like a dorsiflexion, plantar flexion thing, I can just put everybody in their position and say, all right, two minute timer. We're stretching. All right, two. If you're in dorsi and and you're on a slant board, now you're gassing up. If you're in external rotation, you're driving that lateral malleolus into the ground. And then I'll pick people up and we'll work locally. And then after I'll usually get like super bands or something. And then we'll work on our on like I'll I'll put you in a different position maybe you're doing ankle pumps maybe you're doing uh like some calf isos but for the hips like I I mean I'll take you through my whole routine like we do hips pails and rails for internal external rotation for both right and left hips so there's four sets and then we'll go passive range holds passive range liftoffs um and then hovers then I'll get a super band and I'll wrap it around their shoulder backpack pull it and I'll have them get into a split squat I'll say, let that band pull your shoulder over that front knee. So we're getting into hip internal rotation and now we're coming out. We have 10 reps. All right, we'll do that each side. Now let's go and do a wide stance, right? And we will good, it's like a, I don't know what the actual name for the move is, but I want you to sit in your hip and drag your fingers across the ground and shift from hip to hip. So we've gone sagittal, now we've gone more of a frontal plane um, basis. And then lastly, I'll say, point your toes out. Let's drop as deep as we can, put our elbows in, and try to hit each knee to the ground. So now we're hitting a little bit more of a transverse plane. So I try to hit all three planes after we've activated in the short and lengthened position. And a lot of guys feel really good after. I mean, I've done it myself. It feels really good. You almost feel too loose after you do (laughs) FRC to a certain degree, like to a fault, like you know, if you've done it for maybe just one time. But it's just stuff like that to kind of – again, the guys feel it. They're like, damn, I feel really good. Or like, I went up to my room and my hips were going crazy. I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> it was 20 minutes, <laughs> but it makes a big difference. Cause all you're going to do is go up to your room and play your PlayStation anyway.
0: Yep. Yep. hundred percent. It, it always cracks me up as the guys coming in. Hey, can I get a luxury mobility work coming in? And they come in they're like, yeah, I feel great today. Right. You know? And I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> they're crazy. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: but I, I guess I'd say that's like my one cookie cutter program. Uh, because you know when you work with a certain demographic like either women basketball players male basketball players you notice that a lot of players complain about the same thing oh coach Mm. my back hurts i'm like yeah you're tall but also your hip internal rotation looks like crap so a lot of people have hip impingements or if they have horrible hip internal rotation they're going to have some lumbar soreness because now they're you know asking their lumbar spine to be mobile when it's supposed to be one of the more stable joints it's like the classic when you can talk to a guy, right? If your ankle doesn't move, where do you think you're going to get movement that's going to happen to your ankle? It's probably going to come from your knee. Your knee's supposed to be yep. a stable joint. If your knee doesn't move well, then you're going to ask for stability from your hip. But now that hip is supposed to be a mobile joint, right? And then you yep. can kind of just go up the chain. Like we learned this in school. And a lot of guys like that, I've noticed clicks with a lot of guys are like, oh, my ankle like, mobility does suck and my knees always hurt. I'm like, well, okay.
0: There you go. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> now we Might be something to this. Exactly, yeah. right?
1: Maybe we know what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my number one joke. So, I was, hey, I'm, I might know one or two things. Yeah. You know? Maybe just a little bit, you know? And then if they ever go too overboard, uh, overboard with the compliments, it's always, I'm just a guy. Yeah, you know, right? I'm just a guy. <laughs> so, exactly. Awesome. Well, Alex, dude, thank you so much. I mean, seriously, this has is, is, uh, been really enjoyable to speak with you, and I'm sure the listeners have loved everything. Uh, you know, again, I'll preface this. Don't inundate him with a bunch of DMs asking, <laughs> hey, how are you every day. But uh, what are the uh, socials that are people can best reach you at or follow you on?
1: Yeah, uh, just my Instagram, at translational underscore training. That's pretty much the only social I use. I have a burner Twitter account, but it's basically for proposing fantasy football trades and just looking at random stuff. So I don't use that one. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah,
0: right now uh, I I put up Bijan Robinson on the trade block today, and it's Uh, it's out there. So high value, high value right now. High value, I know, but my team sucks. I need (laughs) a little bit more depth. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Connor. This was a blast, man. All
0: right, absolutely.